Today we hear the gospel story of the transfiguration, that mountaintop event where Christ shone brighter than the sun. And in order for this morning's gospel to move out of the category of cool things Jesus can do and into any sort of meaningful message, we have to ponder a difficult question. When was the last time you got bad news? I'm sorry, we're going to have to let you go at the end of the month. Based on your latest lab results, it looks like the cancer may have come back. Just a few verses before this morning's gospel, the disciples heard Jesus tell them something equally unsettling. If any wish to become my disciple, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. We've romanticized so many of those terms in that last sentence, so maybe today it should sound something more like this. If I keep saying what I am going to say and keep doing what I'm doing, it's only a matter of time before I get the death penalty. And if you stay by my side, they're gonna come after you too. Missing from this morning's reading is the beginning of verse two, six days later. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain. That sounds about the right amount of time to me to process that information Jesus just gave them. To think about if this was something I still really wanted to be a part of, if this was still something in which I believed. For Peter and James and John, it was. And maybe it was because these three were Jesus's favorite, or maybe it was because they were the first of the disciples to come back and say, I'm still in. But whatever the reason was, he took these three up a high mountain. Just only a few weeks ago, as we started this season after the Epiphany, we heard that as Jesus was baptized, a voice from heaven said, this is my son, my beloved. This was the event that kicked off Jesus's ministry of healing, of loving and forgiving. But now we heard those same words again, but this time on the high mountain and with an added directive. This is my son, my beloved. Listen to him. For the disciples, life was great following around an incredible preacher and a miraculous healer, but maybe not so much when following this person now means a death sentence. Just as those at Christ's baptism saw the heavens open and the Holy Spirit descend, 
assigned to show that any ministry requires the agency and the assistance of the Holy Spirit. We see the heavens open up again, this time with an uncomprehensible brightness, a brightness for which any metaphor fails. I personally love this other translation of today's passage. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white like snow, such that no launderer on earth could whiten them. And just as the Holy Spirit foreshadowed Christ's spirit-filled ministry, this awesome brightness foreshadowed Christ's eternal splendor and radiance. Sure, Christ will be put to death, but Christ will rise, and Christ will be changed from glory into glory, because that's what God always does, heals, restores, and revives. But note what God doesn't do. God doesn't erase history. God doesn't take away the sources of pain. And God doesn't remove hardship and suffering from our lives. But God is alongside us through it all. This is why I love how in post-resurrection artwork we always see Jesus smiling with robes as white as snow, but if you look closely, you also see the wounds on his hand, that scar on his side, those holes in his feet. A reminder that God was there during those times too, and that a promise of glory always follows. I remember about a year ago as I was leading, leaving our Friday night soup kitchen I saw one of our friends setting up his blanket on the top of our church steps. At the time, he slept there most nights. It was right after our sexton, Alex, had replaced two of the floodlights up in the archway with ultra-bright LED floodlights. So what was once a dark portal in which he could sleep was now a rather bright doorway illuminated like you could not believe. After talking with this man for a while, I asked him, don't these lights make it hard for you to fall asleep? Not at all, he said. I feel like Jesus' light is shining down on me and watching over me. As he said that, I noticed he was looking up so I looked up too, and for the first time I noticed a small statue of Jesus just above the main doors. And there Christ was in 400 watts of glory, sharing his light with this man who wonders where his next meal is coming from, or if he'll ever get pants and shoes that actually fit. Christ was sharing his light with a man whose warm blanket will probably be stolen on a cold night like tonight. Despite his pain, 
despite his hardship, despite his fear, to fall into anything but a light sleep, lest someone come and steal what little possessions he has. He loved that light, that foretaste of glory, that promise that his is the kingdom of God, that promise that things might not be good right now, but you better believe that glory is right around the corner. That intersection of pain and hope. That was his transfiguration moment. <laughs>